0: 1 Corinthians chapter number 1 and verse number 9. 1 Corinthians chapter number 1 and verse number 9. Do pray for those that are sick. Uh, It seems sometimes when we gather together, we get sick. So uh, please pray that it will go away. 1 Corinthians chapter number 1 and verse number 9. I'll start there in verse number 1. All right, First Corinthians chapter number 1, verse number 1. Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Sosthenes, our brother, under the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, both theirs and ours. Number three. Grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God, which is given you by Jesus Christ. Note that the grace of God given to them. Verse 5, that in everything, and the result of that grace, this is the result of that grace, that in everything ye are enriched by him, and in all utterance, and in all knowledge, Even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come behind in no gift. Uh, The idea here is that they had plenty of gifts. And in fact, there's a discussion of the gifts in, I believe, 1 Corinthians 12, where you find the uh, the Holy Ghost gifts to the church. So they were equipped to do the work of God as a church. All right. God has given them, again, verse number four, the grace of God. Now, let's continue here, verse number 8. Let me finish verse 7, so that ye come behind in no gift, verse 7, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 8, who shall also confirm you unto the end, that ye may be blameless. Okay, who? Whose job is that? Or who's taking responsibility of that? Jesus Christ, correct? Let me read that verse again. And verse 7 says, Coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, colon, verse 8 comes. Who, talking about Jesus, shall also confirm, confirm you unto the end that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. And I want to talk about God's faithfulness tonight in a way that maybe will encourage us in our struggles in the flesh. As we struggle to live the Christian life. If you're honest with yourself, and if we're honest together, we say that it's hard at times to live the righteous life in our day-to-day life. But I want to encourage you with the thought that God is faithful. And what does that mean, that God is faithful in regards to us having victory in our daily Christian life? Well, it has everything to do with it. And I hope that helps you tonight. A lot of times when we think of God's faithfulness, we run to the thought that God's faithful to provide for us. God's faithful to protect us. God is doing something in our behalf to give us something or to protect us from something. But we don't uh, go on and think about one thought. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay around this, this mind, mindset this thought that his faithfulness is what enables us to do right and have victory. As a Christian. You say, well, I'm having struggles. Well, probably the struggle is this. You're not resting in his faithfulness. You are not resting in God's faithfulness. Because as we see some of the verses here, as we look at some verses and passages, we find that he tells us very clearly, very simple, very clearly, that because I'm faithful, you can do right. I'm faithful... And if you rest in my faithfulness, you can do right. Now, here's another problem we have. We know the cliches. We know what I just said. But a lot of times we don't make it practical enough that we can live it in a day-to-day way. Correct? So in your life, ask the Holy Ghost in your personal walk, Holy Spirit of God, make this so personal that I know what to do about it in my day-to-day life. I don't want to just hear about this principle, but I want that principle to become a reality in my life. In my life as Chris Barron, I want it to be a reality in my life. I'm, I'm tired of hearing about everybody else's victory. I'm not getting victory in this particular area. I want the victory. And what does it mean for me to rest in your faithfulness? That sounds so good, but what does that mean? What does that mean? What do I have to do to rest in God's faithfulness? I hope uh, I will give you enough That it will help you. I can't answer it for you. Because that's your job with God. But I'm telling you there is hope. There is hope. And may I destroy this excuse. I can't do it. Yes, you can't. Not in your own strength. And not in your own credentials. But if you rest in God's faithfulness, he can do it. And you can overcome some of the things that are hunting you, even to this day. Some of you need to forgive, and you cannot possibly, in your mind, forgive that person. Well, you will never forgive that person if you rest only on your ability to forgive that person. You have to rest in God's faithfulness, and that he is faithful to get us to where we need to be. Now look at it again, verse number 8. Who shall also confirm you unto the end, that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ? How, verse 9, God is faithful by whom ye were called unto the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And you find the thought, because of God's faithfulness, there's something to do with God's faithfulness that will make me blameless someday. You see that? I'm not making this up. It's in the scripture. Now, let's continue. If you're not satisfied with that. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 10. I'm not going to have any points tonight. It's just going to be a thought of faithfulness. And I'm going to drive it here with some of the verses I'm going to read to you. 1 Corinthians chapter number 10. And we'll start there. In verse number 1. Just to get the context. Alright. 1 Corinthians chapter number 10. And verse number 1. That's the same people. Same group of people. It says it again here. Moreover, brethren... I would not that you should be ignorant how that all of our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea and did eat uh, and did all eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink for they drank of that spiritual rock, R-O-C-K, capital R, that followed them And it didn't leave us to define who that rock is. And Deuteronomy talks about this rock and it defines us for it here. It says who. And that rock was Christ. But with many of them, God was not well pleased. For they were overthrown in the wilderness. They fail in the wilderness. They were overthrown. Six. Now, these things were our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things. Now, we got a glimpse of where they fell. The Bible is clear. The Bible does not hide what it's talking about, how they were overthrown. And while, what was that? Class, it's this right here. It'll start to begin to list it for us, verse number six. To the intent that we should not. So their lives mattered, and they're recorded for us. So that we don't have to do or fall the same way they did. And look at what it says. In verse number 6. Now that these things were examples of the intent that we should not lust after evil things. As they also lusted. Verse 7. Neither be ye idolaters as were some of them. As it is written... The people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Verse 8, neither let us commit fornication. I think they're very clear here what God is talking about. All right? Verse number 8, as some of them committed and fell in one day, fell, there's the word, overthrown, fell, in one day, three and twenty thousand. There's a lot of people that fell. There was a lot of them, though. There was two million plus. And now we see there's 23,000. God must have numbered and knew that and recorded for us. All right? Because the writer of this book was not around unless he has history back then. But the Lord revealed it to him and wrote it down. Verse 12. Wherefore, uh, where am I here? Verse number 9. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. So he's bringing us down here to some of the things that, they were overthrown verse 10 neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured so that's not a good thing to do and were destroyed of the destroyer verse 11 now all these things happen unto them for examples and they're written for our admonition i think the bible's clear why is it here why we can read about those things god was not interested in just talking bad about a few people he had a reason for why he brought those up all right he wanted that bad example for us so that we don't do it. And look at what it says. Verse 11. Now all these things happen unto them for examples, and they are written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the world are come. We're talking about the last days. We know more because we are given more. We have the entirety of the scripture to us today that these people back in the day didn't have. They didn't even have the Pentateuch at that time. They are talking about Moses' day. Okay, look at this again. Verse number 12. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. So I think he was concerned about here. God is concerned about Christians not falling into sin. All right? Verse 13. There had no temptation. There's a quoted verse. A lot of us know these verse. Look at the power of this verse. There had no temptation taken you, that's us now, but such as common to man. Now, we can refer to the list we just read. So, some of us have a problem with murmuring. How do I know that? I hear you. I hear myself murmur. Do you not find yourself doing that? The leader said, do this. Oh, I don't like doing like that. and if he knew this. <laughs> that's murmuring, Okay. We have a problem with these things. How I know? Because I'm just like you. I'm a human being. Trying to serve God in this flesh. And so I know the problems. All right, look. There had no temptation taking you, but such as common to man. But God is faithful. And here's the title of our message. All across the scripture here. God is faithful. The power of that thought Should help you tonight if you're struggling with anything. And some of your struggle is just over self righteousness. You know that the Pharisees struggled with that? That they were over righteous. They were self righteous, I should say. The most, the best of us sometimes are tempted to rely on our goodness. And the worst of us are then tempted that God can never. Forgive us. But it's all the same effect. It's all not founded in God's faithfulness. It's all of us looking at our credentials to get the job done. And God says, ain't going to happen that way. Because your righteousness is filthy rags. For those that are self-righteous. And for those that are wicked, God says, my grace is greater than your sin. Who's lying here? You or that voice in your head saying to you, you can never be forgiven. You can never rise up and overcome the faults and the problems you've had in your life. You can't overcome the past. I'm just always going to be this way. Who's saying that? It's not the Bible and it's not the God that I serve. Because the God that I serve is faithful. And the very meaning of that word faithful is that he is able. He can. My God Can. My God can help me forgive those I have a hard time and will probably on my own will never forgive, but God can. He's faithful. He will help me forgive those people. He will help me be patient with people that on my own uh, on my own, I can never have patience. I will lash out and be angry and get annoyed and have wrathful uh, disposition and attitude would be bad towards those people. God says, I am able. I am able. I can do it. And all you have to do is rest in my ability to do it. I am faithful. The idea of God being faithful, he doesn't fail. He does not fail. He does not fail. And he says, I'm an overcomer and you can be an overcomer through me. You can learn to get the victory because I am faithful. Not because you've been good. Not because you've been going to church a lot lately. Not because you've been reading the Bible more lately. Not because you're giving a lot more lately. Not because you've been so quiet. You've not been lashing out in your anger lately. No, it's all because of me. If you rest in me, you can do it. I can do all things through Christ would strengthen me. Look at the verse. There had no temptation taken you, but such as common to man. But God is faithful, and He gives us an idea what that means. Comma. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able? What is He saying here? Temptation comes your way, and you are abiding in the ever faithful one, God. God says you can overcome that temptation. There is a way of escape. Stop telling yourself or letting yourself tell yourself, I can never win over this. Lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. Don't listen to the devil. It is a lie because God says, you can. You are able. I can help you. You can. Look at what it says. Is God not telling us the truth in this verse, or is he making this up? Or is this hocus pocus? Is this something we can never attain? Guys, stop playing the Christian game that you feel like I can never be in victory land. You can be on victory land. You can win. The devil tells you you're defeated because he's a defeated foe. He's just jealous. Let him be jealous. Don't join his pity party. You are an overcomer. You can through God. Pastor Chris, I don't care how loud you get. I don't care how excited you feel like you're going to say that. It's just so hard. Well, guess what? It ain't depending on me getting you excited. It ain't depending on me getting excited all about this. I'm just doing it because I'm excited for myself. That means there's some things in my life I can overcome, and I have overcome through Jesus Christ and me resting in that my God is faithful. He will do it. He will do it. He will do it. He can make me to kind, be kind to the unkind. He can make me be gracious to the unthankful. He can make me... <sighs> Feel at ease to the irritating. He can help me. He can help me if I learn to rest in his faithfulness. In his faithfulness. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Look at all the words that tells you here about that this, is, this can be done. God is faithful. Ye are able. That ye may be able. Now, it's up to you to believe that. I can sound all crazy about it. I can make you feel, I can insert an illustration here of a story of of one person overcoming sin and get you all crying about it. But you have to trust God that what he says in this word to these Corinthians people that's applicable to us here at Faith Bible Baptist Church, can also work for you. You have to trust that. I can't make that. I can't make that up for you. You have to do it. You have to know that because he's faithful, you can overcome whatever it is that you feel like you can't do, that God wants you to do. Look at First Thessalonians chapter number 5. There is water here. Wow, is that the time? We're crying out loud. I'm going to quit. All right? First Thessalonians chapter number 5. I'm going to be done. I have to be done. I'll continue this another time. There's so many more verses. First Thessalonians chapter number 5. First Thessalonians chapter number 5. Look at uh Look at verse 17. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4, number 5, verse 17. We'll read out to verse number 24. Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. For the scripture saith, thou shalt not muscle the ox that threaded out the corn. And, and I feel like our pastor can, can preach here with liberty. And he's talked to me about that, and I feel the same way. I appreciate our church for having the spirit. That you are not putting pressure on us preachers to preach things that will make you feel good, you let us preach the truth, and I appreciate that. Let's continue with that spirit because that's how we'll grow. That's how we'll learn. Look at this again, verse number nineteen: Against an elder received an accusation, but before two or three witnesses, them that sin rebuke before all, that the others also may fear. Verse twenty-one: I charge before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect and angels. That thou observe these things without preferring one before another, doing nothing by partiality. lay hands suddenly on no man, neither partakers of other man's sin, keep thyself pure. Drink no longer water, but use a little wine for thy stomach's sake. And we talked about this how Paul is talking to Timothy and Timothy has a problem with his stomach, and thine often infirmities. Some men's sins are open beforehand, going before to judgment, and some men. Uh, they follow after. I think I'm on the wrong. I'm in Timothy. That's the problem. I said, I'm in the wrong book. Pastor, it's your fault. We're enjoying Timothy. So that's what it is. We got Timothy tonight, Pastor. They got it. But it was the wrong verse. <laughs> Let's get done here. First, Thessalonians chapter number five. Wow, what a mess. Yeah. First Thessalonians 5.12. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. So there's some correlation. Okay, you mix it up. Verse 13. And to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake and be at peace among yourselves. I can't be at peace with certain people. Well, God is faithful. You can. All right? Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly. Look at some of the list here. Comfort the feeble-minded. Some of these are good things to do. We were given things that we should not do. These are things we should now do. Okay? Comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men. See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both amongst yourselves, amongst us here, and to all men. Here's some lists. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit, despise not prophesying, prove all things, hold fast to that which is good. Take a good, critical judgment on what you're hearing. Don't believe everything you're hearing. Now, when I say critical, a lot of times that's very negative to us. No, we need to be watchful of what is true and what is not true. We need to be watchful of false teachers and those that teach the truth. We should not be listening to false teachers. We should be concentrating on listening to the truth and somebody preaching the truth. Okay? Look at what it says. Prove all things, hold fast to that which is good. Abstain from all appearance of evil. And verse 23, and they and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. Who is it again? Who is giving the credentials here? God. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body that covers our triumphant being. pastor was just talking about that this Sunday. Be preserved, here's another thought, blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why is this all possible? Verse 24, and don't you ever forget it. Don't you ever forget it. Verse 24, look at verse 24. Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. I think we take in God's faithfulness simply as God's provision and God's protection. But we don't go any deeper than that. Well, God protected me. He's so faithful to me. He's provided food for my table. He's given me what I need. Praise the Lord. That's absolutely true. But he's also so faithful that that sin that is besetting you, you can overcome that apathy of spirit of you that you have that you don't care, God can make you care again. God can make you zealous again for something good. God can use your life. He can because he is faithful. And the time has slipped. And may the Lord guide us again next time. There's many more verses we can look at, but we're going to end at that point. Uh, I want to challenge you. To get in with God's faithfulness. The only reason you're going to last in this race that we had, the only reason you're going to be here until the end is if you rest in his faithfulness. Not in yours. You might have great character, and we need all to have character. I'm teaching my kids to have character, but it's more than that. It needs to be God-given power for us to do what we cannot do ourselves. How are you going to be in God's faithfulness? I didn't read it. John chapter number 15. Maybe we'll talk about that next time if the Lord permits me to preach again. Lord, let's pray. Thank you for tonight. Thank you for your great faithfulness. Anybody that has done anything for you can credit it to the fact that you are faithful. Any churches that have ever been planted, any place that any man has ever stayed for so long, And if I know my pastor would be here, he would credit your faithfulness that he's here for 40 years. Lord, I pray that we we would heed your word. That we would not rely on ourselves and what we can do, but we can look to you to find the strength we need to live our daily lives in victory. There is no excuse today that we cannot do right because you told us you are able, you can, and you don't fail. And Lord, I pray, as you cannot fail, help us that are full of failures. Help us, Lord, lift us up, hold us up with your arms, your everlasting arm. Lord, help us to lean close to you so that we can make it to, that we can be faithful. Someday you'll find us in heaven, and you'll say to us, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And all we'll say is, because you're faithful, God, that's all. Lord, bless us, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll sing a an ending song here. If you want to come and pray, you can. It's a house of prayer.